Sunday? How y'all doing, huh? You guys look pretty good. You sound pretty good. That's awesome. I'm so glad you guys are here. If my iPad won't work, it's going to be a long day. Okay, there we go. So, if it's your first time here today, my name is Craig, and my wife Patty and I get to pastor this amazing church. So thank you so much for being here. Like, genuinely appreciate it. Um, I know that, like, with churches, especially in this area, you have choices, and you're choosing to be here, so genuinely thank you so much, because we did all of this for you. We really did. We woke up super early, made coffee, and watching your kids, and all of that stuff. If you don't have kids, you can just take one, I guess. I don't know. Um, but, no, don't do that. That'd be, that'd be bad. And also, don't leave your kids. You know what I'm saying? If you have, don't just walk away. But we really are glad that you are here in-house. Um, there are some people that didn't make it in-house for whatever reason. Will you guys do me a favor? we got a bunch of people watching online. Will you put your hands here and help me welcome the rest of our family? Facebook, YouTube, Church Online platform. Hey, man, we love you guys. Thank you so much for being with us. Now, my wife that was up here earlier, that is my wife, Patty. Just wave. Yep, that's my girl. Um, she mentioned she kind of rolled over Easter, which is totally fine. Let me slow down for a second and tell you that Easter is coming up. It's in two more Sundays. Whoop, whoop, whoop. And so here's what we're doing. We're doing three services, not two. We're doing an 8.30, a 10, and an 11.30 service, okay? And so come to one of those. And if you're bringing somebody, if you're coming to Easter and you're bringing somebody with you, will you guys do me a favor? This is usually, like, this service right now is almost completely full. There's a few seats left. Um, will you do me a favor? Will you go to third service? So when you come for Easter, just go ahead and answer that phone. Tell God I said hi. Um, will you just come to third service? Um, because this is the service that most fills up the quickest. And so, basically, we need your seat. And isn't that a good problem to have? That's a good problem to have. So do me a favor and go to third service. Now, if everybody does that, then we won't have room in third service. But you get the point. Um, some of you won't do it anyway. And then on your way out, there's a, there's a display with yard signs and cards. Pick that up on the way out um, to help remind yourself that there's three services on Easter Sunday. But then also, here's what I want you to do. All those cards, um, don't take a stack. Don't take a bunch. And you're going to say, oh, but Pastor Craig, I'm going to hand them out to people. No, you're not. I'm going to take them to stores and leave them on the counter. No, you're not. Come on, to South Point. We're all honest, right? You're going to get them. I'm going to do that. And then you're going to chunk them in the back seat of your car, and they're going to stay here. So here's what I'm, I want you to do. Take one or two cards with a purpose. Take one or two cards with every, every card you pick up, have a family or a friend's name that you're going to invite to South Point on Easter Sunday, okay? So if you've got five friends that you're going to invite, you're, then get five cards. But don't pick up a card without a purpose. Pick up a card. And I want all the cards gone, so pick up, pick up a card on purpose. Make sense? Okay. Um, if it's your first time here today, let me welcome you and warn you all in the same breath. And here's where I welcome you because I'm glad you're here. You chose South Point. I already covered that. Let me warn you because we are in the middle of this series called Mental Myths. And what we've been talking about are these brain lies, these things that are in our minds that we think is truth. And one of the reasons we think it's true up here is because everybody around us pretty much thinks the same thing. So because the masses live this way or think this way, it must be true. But like my mama used to say, if they jump off a bridge, would you jump off too? I'm a guy, so yeah, I probably would. But anyway, I'm probably the guy that jumps off first. Point being, just because everybody's doing it does not make it right and does not make it true. 
And so today we are tackling the topic of politics. I have never preached on politics in my entire life. This church has been, is just over 16 years old. I've been in ministry, I've been public speaking, pastoring for uh, over 30 years. In all of that time, I've never spoken one message on politics. And uh, I did start this message at the last presidential cycle, okay? So do you guys remember the last presidential election? Anybody? Nobody? Sure you do. The reason you're not answering is because it was so traumatic for everybody, we've just shoved it down in the recesses of our soul, like, I don't want to go through that again, right? There was just so much anger, right? And so there was so much anger, and people were just mean and nasty over little things. And, and so I started writing the message back then, and I just had to put it down and stop because the truth of the matter was I realized that no matter what I said, no matter what scripture I read, people were so angry they wouldn't receive or listen to anything. So the idea is to share it now, so maybe when the next presidential election comes around, we can have a better frame of mind and not be living in a mental myth. It was so, the, the election was so angry, and everybody took sides, didn't they? I mean, everybody took sides, and you took sides, and you took a side, okay, so the whole day it's Democrat and Republican, okay, so just, just jump on board, you with me? That's what we're talking about. Just dive in. And so you pick a side, and whatever side you pick is the side that is most like, that you mostly agree with your values, right? And since this is the side that I've chosen because it lines up with what I think and what I believe, that means the other side is wrong. They're wrong, and I'm right. How do I know I'm right? Because this is the side I chose, and I chose it because they're right. And we choose sides, and when you choose a side, you are immediately choosing to be in a fight. Because nobody gets a side without a fight, and nobody gets a fight without wanting to win. And so we fight to win whatever the cause. And then have you noticed, so you got your sides and the fight. Have you noticed that right now, started back then, but even right now, the two main motivating factors, two main motivators in the political realm is anger and fear. Anger and fear. Now, everybody just take a deep breath for a second, okay? We're just going to step all over your mind and all over your toes today, so everybody just jump on board. You with me? And I'm not rushing past this because I want us to think. Don't just listen to what I'm saying. Come on. Can we think? I I know you, like, I'm not, I'm genuinely not insulting you. What I want to do is just slow down and get all of us to stop thinking like the herd and the masses and realize that we were called to just live a different way, okay? And so, so you pick sides and you fight and you argue and you know they're wrong and the reason they're wrong is because you're over here and you're fighting and then if you're a, a Republican, okay, and you chose the Republican side because that lines up with most of your values and you're a Christian, Then you look at the other side of the Democrats, and you think to yourself, and some of you have even said, I don't understand how they could even be Christians with those beliefs. And then if you're a Democrat, and you choose Democratic, Democrat because it lines up with most of your beliefs and your values or whatever, and you choose that, and you're a Christian, then you look over across the aisle... 
Come on, you know what you say, because there's Democrats in here. I know, crazy. There's Republicans in here. Don't let me freak you out. There's also some Baptists in here, but we'll move on. All right, so, um, <laughs> and if you're a Democrat and you choose that and you're a Christian, you look across the aisle and say, how can those Republicans be Christian? They're such bigots. How are we doing this morning? Listen, y'all asked for this message, so I'm just, I'm just doing what you asked for. And so you have these two sides that are just fighting, and they can't, you can't be a Christian. Let me, let me help you out. You, there, you can't be a Republican and a Christian. And you can't be a Democrat and a Christian. How do I know that? Because I understand the definition of the word Christian. Christian, you ready to learn something today? Here's the word. The Christians started out in the first century. They were first named, followers of Jesus were named Christians in a town, little town called Antioch. Okay? You can read it in the book of Acts. And so they were first called Christians there, not because of their belief system or their faith in Jesus. That is not why. It's not because of their faith. It wasn't a designating term to differentiate Christians, followers of Jesus, from those who followed and worshipped Zeus, right? So you had the Zeusians. That's a real word, by the way. And then you had the people that worshipped Jupiter, and the, they were Jupiterians. It was kind of like Presbyterians, but different. So Jupiterians. And so you had these different designations, but that's not where the word Christian came from. Christian, the first century church, Christian is a Latin political term. Let me say that again, because some of you are glazed over. It's a Latin. You can go fact check me. Go home and Google. Google. It's a Latin political term because what they were saying was your policy, your political stance is who you are serving. And Christians were not serving the emperor or anybody else. They were serving a king who was no longer walking this earth, yet they served him anyway and lived a completely different life because of who they followed and served. Christians were not tortured and tormented and messed with because they had a different faith. Everybody in the New Testament had a different faith. Like in that day and time, everybody believed something. I mean, you want to believe in Jupiter? Seriously? Believe in Mercury. There was a God Mercury. So there was all of that. That was not the problem. The problem was Christians were no longer paying homage to the emperor even though they lived under his kingdom. They were living in his kingdom, but they were only obeying this man named Jesus Christ. And that caused a problem. So today, where are we? All right, which side of the aisle are you on? See, so you got the Democrats, this side's just the Democrats, okay? So the Democrats and this side's just the Republicans over here. And so you've got these two sides and we fight and we choose and we choose a side and does it line up? Listen, are you a Democrat or a Republican? Hopefully you're neither, you are a Christian. You, you, you didn't get that. No, no, I'll repeat the whole thing. In the first century church, the term Christian means, it's kind of funny, but you have to get this. Because you're fighting for a kingdom that you do not belong to. You're getting angry about a kingdom that you do not belong. I'm an American. I am too, and we'll get there in just a second. Well, how should I vote? We'll get there in just a second. Here's the deal. If you choose, you cannot say you are a Christian Republican. That's like saying you're a Republican Democrat. I'm a Democrat Republican. I'm a Christian Democrat. No, no, no. 
You are neither. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ and you have accepted him into your life, do you live in America? Yes. Is it a fantastic country? Yes. But the minute you choose a side, here's what you've done. You have isolated the other side from ever being able to hear about Jesus Christ out of your mouth. Once you separate another group of people based on politics and policies, you no longer are able to cross the line or the aisle to speak life into their hearts. Come on, you know, <laughs> you know I'm right. Because the minute you disagree, Republican and Democrat, immediately what happens? Walls go up. How many times have you ever been, down to, been out to dinner with some people that you're just getting ready to know? You're just starting to know or whatever, and they bring up politics? And it's just like somebody just dumps water on the whole conversation, right? Because it's just like, oh, my God, oh, I'm out to eat with a Republican. Oh, my God, right? You don't belong here or here. Here's where we belong. We belong in the messy middle. Is there tension? Yes. That's where we're supposed to live. He hung on a cross. Why? So one hand could stretch to each side of the aisle and bring us all together. It is the middle where we belong, not there or there. Right here. Well, then how do you vote, Craig? Do you vote Democrat or Republican or whatever? I vote the kingdom of God. Okay. So how do you do that? How do you do that? How do you? Because the problem is the minute you choose a side, you're off mission as a Christian. You're off mission. You get so caught up in, we're going to save America. Or here's one you've heard. We're going to make America great again. I don't know, even saying that one, some of you, you have issues. Okay, here's the deal. When you say stuff like that, you're off mission. Our job is not to save America. Our mission is to save Americans. That is worth putting your hands together. That's our mission. And too often we're fighting for political things and it's the wrong kingdom. So what's the strategy? Okay, so let's get practical here. The Apostle Paul shows us a great strategy for living right here in the messy middle. Um, in 1 Corinthians 9, it's in your notes, it'll be on the screen. He said this, he said, though I am free, and this is a long scripture by the way, so hang with me and I just want you to pay attention to all the different things, okay? Though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone, to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those where? Under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but am under Christ's law. So, as to win those not having the law, to the weak, I became weak to win the weak. And then here's your next three fill-in-the-blanks, but we'll get there in a minute, but this is it. I have become all things to all people, so that by all possible means, I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel, and I, that I may share in its blessings. Here's the first point of strategy, that is, I became, become all things to all people. What does that mean? What is the Apostle Paul saying? What he's saying is, I'm a spy. I sneak into areas that I don't belong. I hang out with people of a different culture, a different belief structure. I purposefully sneak in 
And I don't really mess with what they're doing with because my purpose, my mission, my goal is higher than what they're doing. My goal, my mission is that I might win some. So I'm going to become all things to all people. That sounds heretical and ludicrous, but if you think that, you're missing that the higher reaching priority is what? Somebody's soul. So why would we work so hard to be in relationships with people that we disagree with? The funny thing is, we are more comfortable with people who share our political beliefs than we are with people who share different political beliefs, but we share the faith of Jesus Christ. You didn't like that at all. I feel that. Okay. So why would we work so hard at these relationships that we don't have anything really in common with these people? Whoever the V is, pick your side. So that, second fill in the blank, by all means possible. By all possible means. That means, that means listen, by all possible means, that means sometimes you're going to be mistreated and misunderstood. That's, that's what it means. But we do all those things. Why? And then here's the third one. And this is the Apostle Paul laying out the great commission of Jesus Christ in his own words. He says this, I might save some. Why do I build relationships with people that I don't like, that I don't really get along with, that believe totally different than me, and I'm going to use different tactics and techniques to get in their inner circle? Why? Because I hope and pray that I might save some. Well, what about their policies? Doesn't matter. I might save some. Well, I disagree with that. Nobody asked you. And listen, your different opinion is not going to change their different opinion. We try to change policies when our mission stay on mission. Our mission is the gospel of Jesus Christ to win others to the Lord. We are a part of the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of America. I know, you didn't like that either. We'll get there. Because right now some of you are still thinking, yeah, but how do I vote? We'll get there. The Apostle Paul was brilliant at weaving this through. You've got to understand, you might think it was different back then. It was actually worse back then. The Apostle Paul had to stay the gospel, kingdom gospel, and he had to be around Judaizers, which were the, the, the Old Testament, that belief structure of the Jewish people. And then you, had, then you had the emperor and Rome, who emperors in Roman times, they thought that they were gods, right? That was, I mean, they were just like a god. And so, and then you had all the little itty bitty idols and all the different gods from all the different little villages and all of that stuff. And in between all of that, the Apostle Paul wove this magical tale of Jesus Christ lasting for centuries. That's pretty cool. But I went to a church in Florida. This was years ago. And when I showed up, we were visiting. It was not like our church. And I got a bulletin. Right? Church bulletin. You guys have seen these things? Yeah. Had a church bulletin. And in the church bulletin was a card. It was during election season. Was a card telling me who I should vote for as a Christian. And I was young. I mean, this was decades ago. But I remember I, I pulled it out and I had the bulletin. I can still see the lobby where I was standing. I pulled the bulletin out and, and this card out. And in my young mind, I just thought, this, this doesn't mix it doesn't mix. Let me say this, and I know I'm online, so let me just say this to everybody out there. Anytime a pastor uses the stage or the pulpit, depending on your church, 
to push a political agenda, you are out of line, and that is heretical. That is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you can email your complaints to I do not care at google.com. We're supposed to be separate, and we fight so hard for a blue or a red or a red or a blue. We belong in the middle. We belong in pushing the kingdom of God. Does that mean that there are Christians who might vote over here? Yes. And are there Christians that might vote over here? Yes. Well, they're wrong. Maybe not. Maybe we're wrong. Whoever the we is in this, in this scenario. That's just not that. How about we just put that aside and focus on the kingdom of God? Yeah. We fight for politics and policies, and can I tell you something? The enemy is using it to divide the church of Jesus Christ. And this not, should not be a dividing thing. This should be a thing where we come together, have conversations. That's totally cool. Um, but we can't get our knickers in a twist be grown-ups about it, but it always has to come back to anything that's outside of the gospel of Jesus Christ that just doesn't belong. Does, does that make sense? Is that, how we doing? Everybody, everybody good? Okay, so we have, I know, some of you are like, well, how, you still haven't told me how to vote. Okay, I'll tell you how to vote. Because we have an awesome opportunity to be a part of we the people. Right? That was the Constitution, United States. You're familiar? Anybody? Anyone? Bueller? Bueller? We the people. We have a beautiful opportunity. We're not under an a, a emperor or anything like that. It's not communism, praise God. You know, we get to vote, and that's fantastic. And we should vote every chance we get. When the polls are open, go vote. Craig, you're not answering my question. Should we vote red or blue? Neither. Vote. Here. Okay, if you love America and you love Americans, here's what, two things you should do. Fill in the blank. Here's the first one. We should apply our faith as directed by our Savior. I'm just, just give it a second. I know. Second one. We should vote. Vote Republican or Democrat? No, nope, neither. We should vote our law of Christ informed conscious every chance we get. We should vote our law of Christ. In, what's the law of Christ? The law of Christ is this. and he, We've talked about this before. Love others as I have loved you. Not as your mama loves you. Not as you even love yourself. That was just quoting the law. He says, love others as I have loved you. Look at this verse. Ephesians 5.1. As dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love. There's two things here. Walk in the way of love. How do you do that walk? Just as Christ loved us. Wow. How did Christ love you? Pretty profoundly, just like he found you. Just like he found you. He found you a wreck. He didn't ask you to change your politics or any policies. He just loved you like, just like you were. Do you guys remember the old, and I'm going back like Three Stooges days. Anybody remember Three Stooges? Black and white. Yeah. Remember, I think it was Three Stooges. This is just somewhere shoved in the back of my mind. And like a butler or something would come to the door, and they would say, hey, we're here to see Sarah. And the butler would say, yes, I will take you to her. Walk this way. Right? And the three stooges or whoever was behind, they would go. <laughs> and Jesus says, walk this way. 
Walk this way. And here's the problem. With the walk, the walk is loving others just as Christ loved us. And we look at that and we read that and we say, oh, Jesus. He says, walk this way, which I guess that's the new rabbi walk. I don't know. Walk this way. And we say, oh, Jesus, I believe in you. I have faith in you. I love you. But that's just not how I walk. That's not how I walk through this life because I have to do these policies and these procedures and these things. I just don't walk that way. So how do you, I'm going to give you three things. How do you walk like Jesus? How do you walk this out? How do we walk out this new political idea as being, what party are you a part of? I'm part of the Christian party. Come on, that's pretty good. How do you walk like Christ in this time and day? Here's the first one. Write this down. Carry. Carry. Galatians 6.2 says this. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill, there it is again, the law of Christ. Carrying someone's burdens is how you love somebody who has burdens. You just think about that for a second. How you love somebody with burdens is to carry their burden. But what we end up doing is fighting and voting for different systems to fix them or to fix this problem. And nobody is taking the time to carry the burden of the one who's actually hurting. Just let that sink in for a second. Because we'll vote for something we're fighting for. Okay, let me, let me do it this way. Let me, just, let me just mess with you a little bit. How about that? Everybody in this room has an opinion about our southern border. Wall. No wall. Barbed wire fence. Machine guns. We, we all have... Come on, just nod at me. Everybody in here, doesn't matter which side of the aisle you're on, if you're breathing and you're an American, you have an opinion about the border. And just nod at me. No, you're not even going to do that. Okay, there's different policies. That's fine. Cold room, gotcha. Um, there's policies on both sides, and people fight for those things. And whichever side of the aisle you're on, you are fighting against that because how dare, watch this, back to fear and anger. How dare you do that to my country? Y'all good? And we get so focused on the policy, either side, but see, if we're in the middle, then we're not fighting for a wall or no wall. We're fighting for people's souls. We're, what, about the, what about people? Well, what do you think? Should you vote on this or you should? No, no, no. Just if I'm a Christian, then my number one concern is people's souls. And then it cracks me up. It just, this is just a thought. Um, you know, people want to go on the mission field and go all over the world and go to missions, and I love that, and I, and I do that. Um, but if we think about it for a second, what if God is just doing us a favor and bringing the whole world right here to our backyard? What if, what if, I know some of you are already throwing stones at me. I see you. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, we have to change the way we think. If we're always just thinking red or blue, I honestly don't even remember which color is which. Um, if, if, if we're always voting a color, listen, you should vote red. And here's the red I mean. I don't mean of the Republican, but you should vote red, the blood of Jesus Christ over every single thing. That's what it's all about. Okay, carry the burden. You ready for the second one? Reconcile. How do we walk like Jesus? Reconcile. 2 Corinthians 5.16 says this. 
So from now on, and you can, I'm just going to give you the context. What's the from now on? The now on is once you've received Jesus Christ, once you start walking as a Christian, once you've chosen the political party of Christianity, okay? Um, even that phrase is going to mess with some of us, right? Once you've chosen that party, then here's, here's what's next. So from now on, we regard no one, who? No one from a worldly point of view. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ, and, get this, and he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. I want to be in ministry. When was the last time you reconciled a relationship? I want to preach. When was the last time you reconciled a relationship? When was the last time you reconciled something? But that's the ministry that we have. We reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. He just repeats himself. Again, you are committed to the message of reconciliation. Let me say something a little bit harsh, if that wasn't harsh enough already. What we're prone to do right now in our country is we will cancel somebody for their political views and policies. And when you cancel somebody for their political views and policy, you are revealing the anti-Christ beliefs that you have in your heart where you are trumping people with policy. Jesus never trumped with policy. He always trumped with people. Time and time and time again. I'm only laughing because if you saw what I saw, you guys, you guys are, you guys, that's my northern coming out. You guys are like, I'm not sure if y'all showed up on the same day constipated or what. I just don't know. Our job is not to cancel people. Our job is to reconcile people. And the minute you start thinking you need to cancel somebody, you need to cancel that spirit that's in you. Because that is not the spirit of Jesus Christ. That's good preaching with you. And see, so, okay, okay, okay. Some of you are still like, I just don't know. I just don't know. Okay. When you follow, have you ever read the Gospels? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. When you read the, the story of Jesus Christ, you're going to find something amazing and disturbing all at the same time. Here's what you're going to find. Um, when you read the Gospels, you see that Jesus came across people regularly, and he helped them with their immediate personal needs. Right? I mean, that's, that's pretty, that's like low-hanging fruit. He uses his miraculous powers to heal. He used miraculous powers to raise people from the dead. He, he helped their immediate need. What you will never find anywhere in the story of Jesus Christ where he used his miracle power or miracle authority or miracle thought process to speak into anything political, social, or civil. Not once. In fact, there were times where they tried to trick him you guys remember these stories where they tried to trick him to answer this political question? Jesus is awesome, right? And he just sidesteps it. He never once spoke into those things. So if we're going to be a follower of Jesus and walk like Jesus, why are we spending all of our effort and energy in fighting the very things that Jesus said? I have not come for these things. I've come for a higher priority. And it's people's souls. It's us. We got, I'm telling you, church, we got to get back on mission. We're a little bit off mission because we got to start thinking. You know, you don't go up to somebody to witness to them, share gospel with them, and say, hey, I just got, a, I got one asking question to ask you. If you were to die today, would you wake up in Washington, D.C.? 
You mean hell? No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Um, <laughs> Jesus always addressed the hearts, not the policies. In fact, I'll give you two quick examples. Two quick examples. Jesus came across, and you can read this, Matthew and Zacchaeus, two tax collectors. What were tax collectors? Tax collectors were Jewish men who were part of Judaism, yet they, they were a traitor to their own system and chose... They were a traitor to the Republican Party and switched over to the Democratic Party. Or vice versa, take your, take your pick. It doesn't really matter which way you go on that. Jesus, when he approaches both of them in two different stories, he does not, man, go home and read these stories. He doesn't say anything about the policies that they're preaching. He doesn't say, change this, change that. You really need to change the way you believe on this. He, what does he do? He just leans in and loves them right where they are. And because he showed love for their soul, that love changed their lives. Matthew became a follower of Jesus Christ. Zacchaeus changed his whole process. Neither one was expected to, but both of them did because you can't embrace love and not be changed. And we fight for policies to be changed. If we would fight for people's lives to be changed, then policies would change because they have no choice. tough crowd all right here's the third one we're supposed to you guys remember the first one if we're going to walk like jesus we need to carry if we're going to walk like jesus we need to reconcile and here's the third one if we're going to walk like jesus we need to serve we need to serve as you follow the life of jesus you get to the end of his life and he does all these different serving acts but then you get to the end the last supper and you see one of the greatest serving moments in the life of jesus christ they come in, and he washes their feet. You guys know this story, I think. He washes their feet. Now, if you don't understand foot washing, they all wore sandals back then. And so you would get dust and dirt and even some manure and stuff on your feet. And so before you came into a house, you would get your feet washed by the lowest servant. And think about this. They didn't have a lowest servant, so what did the disciples do? They sat down to dinner with dirty feet. They were more comfortable sitting in their own filth than humbling themselves to wash their own feet. And so the longest part of this foot washing process, you got to think about it, there's 12 dudes in there, right? And then Jesus. There's 12 disciples. And so the longest part of the foot washing thing is going to be watching the other 11 get their feet washed. Right? I mean, that's, that's just logistics. That's the longest thing. So could you imagine? Can you, can you do me a favor? Can you just imagine with me for a second? Put yourself in the room. 13 sweaty dudes who all love each other very much. They're a brotherhood. And you're sitting there. You've already refused to wash your feet or your neighbor's feet. And now you're sitting there watching your master, your teacher. Use the hands that he raised the dead with. He used his hands to heal with, to open blind eyes, to open deaf ears. Those beautiful hands are down, washing the dirt off their feet. And the 11 sit there and watch as the master washes fishermen's feet, washes a political zealot's feet, washing a political traitor's feet. And then I think he saved Judas for last and washed the traitor's feet. See, why do we do Servolution? We do Servolution because it's serving our community. We don't go to give out a gift card and say, oh, I have a gift card for you. Before I do, are you Democrat or Republican? That would be, how many know that would be foolish? That would be foolish. 
Our job to stay on task is to serve in our community. It's what we do. It's what we do. And as we go out there and serve, you need to understand something. You, you can't wash feet from a distance. It's impossible. And that's kind of the Republican, Democrat, we like to keep our distance, whichever side of the aisle, right? Just, oh, you think that, you believe that, okay. We keep our distance. You can't wash feet from a distance. You know what else? You can't wash feet from a high and lofty position like you know what's right. You know what else? You can't even wash feet if you're eye to eye. If you see the same, you agree the same, you can't wash that feet, those feet. There's only one way to wash feet. And that's to humbly kneel down before somebody that you don't like, that doesn't agree with you and you don't agree with them, yet you choose to take the high road, which is actually the low road. It's the road Jesus paved for us with his blood, and it's our duty, our commission, our job to follow the Great Commission. And that means it does not matter which side of the aisle you are on, because we are the aisle. We are Christians serve them with the love of Jesus Christ. Can I pray with you right where you are? Heavenly Father, I thank you for the challenge. I thank you for the challenge that we're not going to be caught up in the tsunami of ideas and policies and politics, but today we just take a deep breath. And Lord, I ask that, Holy Spirit, I ask that you work on our thoughts. You work on our minds. You work on our hearts. Father, I ask that you change something that's deep in us because some of us have just become so politically motivated by so many things. Father, realign us today. I ask that you bust this mental myth today. I know this is a deeper topic. I know this is a thing that just weaves itself into the fabric of our being. But today, Lord, we just ask that you unravel this broken thought process. And let us once again realize that you died on the cross for our sins and you gave us the great commission to call all those who will to come to you. That you make their life easier, you make their life better. You do more than any policy can ever do. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we love you, Father. And we joyfully and gladly serve you as our King. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Listen, if you have pray, need prayer for anything, there's wonderful people down front on both sides that would love to pray with you, connect with you. If I offended you, congratulations. There's people down front on both sides that would love to pray with you. If you got your knickers in a twist, they'll come down here. They'll pray with you and untwist your knickers, I guess. All right? So stand with me, if you will. Don't forget to get your Easter paraphernalia on the way out the door. And then this Saturday is Spring Fest, April 1st. April 1st. You don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss it. I'm going to bring one of my dogs. I don't know which one. Bring one of my dogs. Bring a dog. Bring your dog. Cats are not allowed. If you bring a cat onto the property, it immediately bursts in flames. That's just something I prayed for. Um, it'll happen. It'll happen. All right. You guys ready to pray the benediction? Let's do it. Now, may God, the fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in him. And may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with his super abundance until you radiate with hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all have a great week. Next week is gossip. Enjoy.